Hello, welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in marketing, the media and public relations. Hello, Sarah. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Why is that? Well, because 2018 kind of ran away with me because it was admittedly me that was the hold-up. But we're now going to make this a firm monthly fixture, aren't we? That's our resolution. Monthly? Monthly, yeah. That's a commitment. Okay. What have we got to talk about this time? What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about what what you've been doing at the CIPR. All right, so we can round up the year uh, for 2018. You did Um, a couple of books. We'll talk about Future Proof. I've got a new job. Yes. Um, Run into that and whether you've left PR behind. (laughs) Um, And I guess some stuff we've been doing, things we're up to. Yeah, and I think we've, we've read loads of great books recently, and I think it'll be nice to talk about those talk and about share them because we've got we've both taken lots from those books, and right. uh, it'd be good to share the wealth. All right, so let's start about start with um, criticizing a piece of audio, an audio program that appeared on um, Radio Four on the media show, um, oh, yes. the Art of PR. The Art of PR was called absolutely. Which, it was signposted to me on Twitter, so I very much appreciated that. But um, when I listened, I had that all familiar sinking feeling in my stomach um, in terms of uh, the presenter, who I won't name here, um, asked asked those who were the guests what they thought PR was to them. And unfortunately for me, I just didn't recognise those definitions and it didn't sound anything like the work that me and the team at the CIPR have been doing across the last 12 months to underline PR's role as a strategic management function. And it just made me die a little bit inside. But, you know, it's a great opportunity to go back to the team there, um, ask them to, you know, use industry bodies like the CIPR and PRCA next time uh, they're doing a show like this. And um, hopefully if we can help them with research or guests, um, we can be useful in that way. So this is the ongoing discussion about the fact that publicity is not public relations or it's a very thin end of the potential of public relations. Publicity has its role within public relations, but it's just one of the different channels that we've got. Uh, And that's what's frustrating in terms of often people use and media use public relations as shorthand for media relations, publicity, crisis management. Um, That's that's the frustration in terms of actually it's a much, much wider discipline. Yeah, so we listened to this, the programme yesterday after someone shouted it out to you on on Twitter, what pissed me off about it was not so much the use of publicity because, you know, I a good amount of, of practice in public relations is publicity based it's, it's focused on media relations yeah and actually i think Proof those those that don't recognize that underplay our potential the the concern for me i guess it was back to the old school um some of the old school tactics being highlighted such as obfuscation such as making up stuff such as stunts there was an example cited of a, a band launch where um, the band were supposedly arriving back from uh, a tour of the US and the whole thing was faked. Um, I, you couldn't do that these days. But. Well, you shouldn't do that. I mean, ethically, it's wrong. Um, we've got the big issue of fake news anyway, which is massively impacted negatively by our industry. Um, you know, trust 
from the public is at an all-time low. And actually, if you're a professional, you're likely to be a member of an organisation like the PRCA or CIPR, which means you subscribe to a code of conduct. It's just not done anymore. And last year I wrote a piece um, when I was uh, at Trinity and All Saints Journalism Media Week called um, The Greatest Fraud of Our Time and cited Max Clifford and all the different TV characters that we see who characterise apparently the public relations profession. And they just don't because... Um, that that's not who we are and what we stand for and yes you will still find those characters for, uh, from time to time but I we really have got to try and break this and I think as professionals you know sometimes you know I'm I'm very guilty myself of occasionally tweeting myself out having a glass of wine perhaps it's down to us as individuals to hate brack you know, break that kind of perception in terms of where we're always out where we're at events where we're partying where, you know it's all a little bit I don't know ab fab I just I don't recognise that in my day job Right, move on. Uh, let's talk about the book you launched right at the end of the year, Once Upon a Time in PR. Yes, yeah, so that's a bit of fun. So, so a future-proof book, but very different to the three that before, came before it. And then part, this is about breaking those stereotypes of product relations people. Now, uh, Once Upon a Time in PR, the 21 product relations pioneers shaping our industry, um, is, yes, a break from the norm, but actually it still is very much in the same ilk of the other books in terms of it's about sharing best practice. It's just doing it in a slightly more fun way. Right. This is a very short coffee table book which has some ink portraits in of our 21 pi pioneers. And it just tells in a fairy sto story way uh, about the different and pioneering things that these people are doing and why it's a benefit to us and why we should know about them and try and emulate their work and, 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 and pioneer ourselves. Uh, and it's just... I hope, I mean, the feedback has been great. I hope people really enjoy it. It's just a little bit different. It's about showing that actually we've got some superb people who not everybody will necessarily know about, but, you know, do seek them out and see what they're doing and see how they might inspire your daily practice. Um, so maybe there are 21 people that the media show on Radio 4 could look to for advice on the future of public relations and the art of PR, so-called. No, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Who's well. in it? There's, so there's some great people. I'm like in it, Liz, obviously. Obviously. Thank you. Uh, Liz Bridgen um, from um, Sheffield Hallam University. She's um, a superb academic who's written, you know... Uh, lots and lots of different pieces of work about diversity and inclusivity and it's, it's really important that you know we, we look at that because if you look at the way that the PR industry is structured there is still a little bit of a glass ceiling yeah. um, and, and yes the, the, the pay gap is narrowing but we're still nowhere near to ironing that out so she's got some brilliant work in that area um, we've got um, people may know of Ethan Spivey he's superb he's a government affairs professional uh, and I just love the fact that he's really vocally committed to equal rights and um, he just does some really great work and he's really passionate about it and it comes through in his work and it's just what he does is, is good fun but also really important but he doesn't take himself too seriously yeah so you've got Francis Ingham in there you've got Alex Ink uh, Aitken the head of a government communications yeah. service who are Actually, helping professionalise the industry yeah. we've got Elizabeth, and Gregory yeah Elizabeth Bananuka who's um, got a side hustle called BME PR Pros and it's just what's really a side good. hustle? So she's got her own agency, but it's a bit like a oh. side project, a bit like Future Proof is okay. for me. Right, got it. Um, and she basically has just got this lovely community of BME speakers, writers, and mentors, you know, on this uh, yeah. website. And if you so if you need someone and you want to embrace diversity, yeah. or you need to speak to someone you would, or you would like a role model, go there, speak to her, so look at her team. So this is a book, twenty-one people. I think the thing that characterizes them for me is they're people that aren't 
value signaling and, and sh shouting out, making lots of noise uh, about the issues in our profession. They're the ones quietly getting on and obviously me aside, doing stuff yeah, uh, and quiet. making change. Um, <laughs> and, and no, it's a lovely book. I've got to ask, why the fairy tale format? Because it is a very unusual format. Well, I think most people will know that I've got a history of fairy tales in terms of I had some comments taken out of context in the national and international media. Um, so I do have form on this, and I think, you know, use fairy tales in the way that they're designed. Um, but uh, this, I just thought, was a really nice way of um, highlighting some really brilliant people doing brilliant work, but just making it a little bit more fun. And it want I wanted it to be like a stocking filler for Christmas. So if you know someone in comms and you wanted to get them a little gift, this would be a lovely gift. And it's, you know, it's £10. It's, you know, there's no markup on it. It's what it costs to produce via blurb as ever. You know, I, I invest personally in terms of making Future Proof happen. But it's just to help get the word out there in terms of what best practice looks like and celebrate the great work that goes on because we don't do that enough in public relations. Did anyone get pissed off about the character you Simon? No, I was surprised about that, but then everybody did get to see it before we went a press green for right. publish. But um, I don't, I think people who asked for the most changes. Oh, you're not allowed to ask questions <laughs> like that. And actually, let's face it, that was you because you wanted an entire rewrite. And you don't get that as being a fiancé's privileges, I'm afraid. I'm the editor. Maybe, did I make book. it in on my own grounds? I've yeah, got no, to ask of course that. you okay. did. Don't be ridiculous. Right, let's move on. I don't have time for that nonsense. I've got a new job. You have. Um, You're leaving PR. I'm You've leaving, left big agencies. <laughs> I've left big agencies. Actually, is is this an issue with holding agencies or what? Uh, maybe we can explore that in a future uh, future <laughs> edition of the Future Proof con uh, podcast. Uh, no, so I've, I've, I've actually only spent six years of my career it's in a large. Back to his roots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six, uh, six years in a in a uh, in a holding company at Ketchum. Um, so now I'm going back to a smaller still an international agency uh, but very different to Digi to Ketchum digital marketing agency so it's it's kind of more back to my entrepreneurial roots although it's a very well established agency uh, it's called Metia um very focused on uh, less of the reputation uh, side of the public relations business and more at uh, lead generation uh, and demand um got some very very interesting technology in terms of um, content resonance got very interesting approach to content development so you've been um, absolutely shouting about their sales funnel how yeah, superb it is and the and, data well, and, and, and so then and really 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 good performance team that actually uh, I think there's a lot of lessons from already that I'm seeing from, from marketing for public relations in the area of performance and demand, media demand. Ooh, I look forward to the blogs. <laughs> and, uh, and if I've got time to write blogs. And then uh, their approach to analytics is just astonishing um, uh, in, in terms of measurement, everything rooted in, in measurement. So some brilliant clients as well, uh, mainly in tech, uh, almost all in B2B. Um, so yeah, this is going to be the story of this year for me, I think. That's my resolution for this year, crack on. Uh, and experience a different type of, of agency. Well, there we go. There we go. Big yeah. big shift for you. Big shift for me, yeah. So, yeah. But that's... you've also got side projects going on at the same time. Have I? You? Well, you're writing a book, aren't you? Yes. Uh, properly writing a book, not, <laughs> not a 21 page. The 21 so page. Yeah, two, two, so two, two, uh, two books, potentially. The first one um, I'm taking over from Liz Yeoman, who's retiring, um, as the editor with Ralph Tench of 
um, the industry textbook on, on public relations, exploring public relations. Um, Pearson's recommissioned it for a, a fifth edition because there's this stepping back. Ralph invited me to join the editorial team. So yeah, we're bringing a fresh perspective for the fifth edition uh, in that uh, we're aligning the business with um, with management. Yeah, fancy that. that. I can't imagine uh, why you go down that So I don't route. know whose influence has come to bear there, but someone says, uh, I've been listening to all these things you've been saying. Um, and we're going through the process now of, of specking out the, the, the content. That It's a, uh, very much uh, an academic, scholarly, teaching-led book. Um, so that's where much of the, the content will come from. We're going through the process at the moment of, of commissioning stuff. Uh, and then there's a second book that um, I've been playing with for the last 18 months or so, focused on uh, the practical application of of, um, what, of public relations and, and marketing more to entrepreneurs and small businesses. And we'll see where we get to that. Just notice any time I write something practical on my blog, how to, how to, podcast how to plan how to write a press release it goes nuts in terms of response uh, and traffic so there's something in that that's what i'm looking to explore yeah so now you've said it you're gonna have to make it happen <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. see it in two months please sir. yeah move on uh, <laughs> I, I harvested I, over christmas harvested a lot of the content from a blog and it's surprising how much content's already there it needs a damn good edit so if you know any good editors let me know um Let's talk about 2018 for you was a momentous year for the CIPR. Um, we probably need a whole po podcast to, to, to cover everything. No, that we achieved. talked about it lots last year. Uh, um, we didn't really because it was the reason that the podcast, the, the Future Proof podcast stalled. Um, go on, what were the highlights? Oh, there were so many highlights. I just um, I just feel very grateful and fortunate to have led a, a really superb team, both at CIPR and in terms of volunteers, to have delivered, which I think was a bit of a step change for the Institute last year, and um, to have really picked up some themes that are really important to me. So followed your... You, you know your lead from 2014 and president since then in terms of trying to modernize and professionalize the, the you know public relations and the institute itself but to look at some really key themes you know reasserting public relations as a strategic management function you know showcase the value it brings to organizations but not just talk to our profession go into the business community and, and catch their attention and educate them and also the media because as we discussed already there seems to be a little there's a gap of knowledge in terms of what it is we actually do and I feel we made real um, strides in those areas you know we joined CBI we have a great relationship with them now same with FSB um, I'll be working to maintain those relationships throughout this year working with uh, Emma Leach who's now our 2019 president um, supported by president-elect Jenny Field you know so we've got really strong leadership uh, female leadership uh, in the hot seat which is great and you know we did some other really just wonderful things we looked at social mobility partnered with the prca and worked with, with career ready to, to see how we could work with schools to educate pupils about public relations as a career what it actually is and help those who are a little bit less fortunate and um you know really push chartered as a message in terms of the, the marketplace if you want to stand out if you want to earn more if you want to show that you are a strategic consultant you know, chartered is the way to do that. You have you are measured on your leadership st strategic, your uh, your general skills, and and you need to have that business management understanding as well. So I, I kind of feel, and certainly 
the, the feedback I've had and when I travel around and talk to members, it's really heartening to see what the yeah. response has been and that that's something I'm very yeah, proud of. So I, I, to highlight for me, uh, it was the 70th anniversary as well. So the 70th anniversary and the events around that, the, the, the fact that the organisation created this re- relationship with uh, the CBI and also the Federation for Small Business, so as access now, right at the top of these um organizations organizations really for business yeah um so so that's power i mean this the cipr and, and pr panel which you had also is really yeah. massively important that has put us at the forefront yeah. of not just our sector many many sectors yeah. because actually we're pushing forward in an area that not many understand yet it's very complex we still don't understand the impact for society but now we're leading the way yeah. in that so thank yeah. you to you and the team for for that piece of work um CIPR, like all chartered organisations, is unusual in having its purpose enshrined in this formal document called a charter. And one of the one of the manifestations of that is um, the the chartered practitioner. And I think for me, so I was president five years ago. Um, I took the opportunity to revisit the charter, and I know you did the same because it, it's seemingly. Well, know, people say, "Well, what's your strategy?" That is the strategy. The strategy. It, yeah. it tells you absolutely it everything you need to deliver. Um, it and has it's about to be what we do for the local economy because as much the, as anything. Well, that, uh, that's also your accountability to to society and mm. the, the profession in itself and the Queen. Um, you know, let's not forget it's a chartered organisation. You know, enshrined by the Privy Council. Um, which had you know sets out its, its own form of governance i think the organization's challenge moving forward has got to be though to increase the number of chartered practitioners i, know. I agree and it's um, something that emma feels very passionately yeah. about and you know she, she's worked hard in this area so she's the right person so for the job. first year after the first 10 years after the charter when i you know was president 2014 i think we had less than 50 practitioners we've unlocked that uh, the organisation has unlocked that um, and now has you know, around 250, it's heading towards 300, it needs to be a quantum greater and, and thousands and I think that's the challenge, how do you unlock that the next next challenge anyway well, so there's a few challenges I mean, the what are you going to do in 2019 yeah uh, well hang on a minute I was going to say let's go back to that in terms of there are a few challenges for the institute I mean we're not quite a profession yet I would love to see CPD as being mandatory we have to have more barriers to entry you know at the moment anybody can grab themselves a laptop and a phone and say they're a PR person it's just not the case if you are working at the top level you know I don't recognize you know the, you know don't recognize the no. two together you and you we have to make that differentiation different differentiation there's a there's a professional association I spoke at one of our events in I think it was 2014 in Barcelona called DEACOM um, DEACOM is a much smaller organization than the CIPR um, off the top of my head I can't remember it, 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 it's you know where the CIPR has 12,000 members DEACOM you know maybe has 800 a thousand um, I, I might have got that wrong but it, it's a you know it's a factor smaller um, but for them CPD is mandatory yeah, uh, and so you're accountable to your other you know to, to the organization and your own professional development and learning and yeah that's got to be anything you know we've, we've talked about it before but this industry evolves so quickly you need someone who's committed to learning to keep up and to stay ahead actually as much as anything time served is not the equivalent of the appropriate training and qualifications it's as simple as that if we take our business seriously you have to commit to cpd full stop yeah what are you going to do in 2019 as past president so you you have this three-year term a year in a year as president and now you're in 
So I've committed to finishing what was in my plan because obviously we had a very busy year, the most ambitious plan that CIP has delivered to date. Um, Since 2014. <laughs> If you'd, like, if you'd like to say so, No, Stephen. you're right. You're um, but um, the, yeah, even the team would argue different. No, that, you're I right. <laughs> but um, one of the things I did say we would look at, and I think this is really a key part of the puzzle, um, this has got to be a kind of a push-pull element to, the, to, to how we how we work with the business community. I committed to um, doing an audit of the kind of business management courses to find out what they're actually teaching CEO budding CEOs and FDs about public relations. Uh, I think we really need to understand that to understand is it accurate, is anything being taught, and then to understand how uh, as the chartered body we can influence that. Now curriculum uh, changes take time, this is not going to be a short piece of work, it's something I will start this year, but Alistair, the CEO um, at CIPR has committed to, to this being a, a longer piece of work and I think that's really important, you know, because we need FDs and CEOs who are coming out into the workplace to know what to expect from public relations, what they need to ask their practitioners for, and actually what good procurement looks like as yeah. anything. So these are all pieces of what we're doing already. So that's what I'm looking at, and also how do we further those relationships with the business yeah. membership organisations that we've created now. So um, Josh Hardy, who's the Deputy DG at um, CBI, came and spoke at our national conference in November. Superb. Um, and he's really fascinated by this accountable leadership and, and social purpose work that we're doing and he really sees that as where we can add value and it's where he thinks businesses have to be to go next if they're to um, you know, maintain and improve their reputation in public. Yeah. So I mean that's, that's really quite exciting. And as for me outside of CIPR, because obviously my time will reduce and my, my um, commitments have reduced quite dramatically, I'm going to back to focusing on the family, back to focusing on my agency, but I have an idea for a charitable foundation, which I'm not going into too much detail here, that I'm really keen to get off the ground. Talked about it personally now for about 12 months, and I now feel like I've got the time and headspace to actually give cool. it due uh, time and attention. And um, yeah, it's a cause close to my heart, so watch your space. Because I will be that. dragging people that I have now met and know out for coffees to beg them for help and yeah. Uh, yeah. potentially for donations, so we'll see. I'm just going to, just going to leave through uh, a copy of Once Upon a Time in PR uh, and there's a couple of people in here Peter Smith uh, former past president of the CIPR um, he was in the 80s was he? Yeah. Uh, and then also John White Dr John White um, and Roger Hayes and Roger Hayes actually both all three of them um, made have made efforts in the past to do what yeah. you're trying to do in, in engaging yeah. with business schools uh, and management courses. And do you know what's wonderful? It's like the founders of the CIPR and these these people who have followed suit, these are the people who do public relations as it is meant to be, that strategic right. management piece, and they preach it and they advocate it. And um, it's it's been really good to liaise with them because they've been all very generous with their time in terms of helping me and have, have committed their time to helping me this year as well. Uh, and it's been lovely to have their feedback and say that they're really pleased that the Institute is moving in this direction because it is clearly where the opportunity lies and it's where the money lies. And it, that's really important, for, you know, for everybody. Yeah. So it's good. Excellent. Good luck with that. Thank you. Um, 
I'm just lucky that these portraits are very flattering. Yeah, well, we had to redraw yours as well, didn't we? After we rewrote it. I have to say, actually, Tony Langham's in here, uh, and um, he's got a new reputation book out at the moment. It's just been published. Please do seek it out. Um, I quoted from it at a couple of events last year um, about accountable leadership and social purpose. This is a really great book on reputation. Everything you need to know is in there. Brilliant case studies, examples, a number of different writers, all sorts of people quoted. Highly recommend. That's a very good link, actually, because let's talk about some of the books we've we've uh, read over the holiday period. Um, Tony's book, uh, Steve Earl and I, who wrote Brand, uh, we wrote Brand Anarchy together and Brand Vandals. Uh, basically, the impact on corporate organ on organisations, corporate organisations of social off, media. Because you've written more no, books than me. No, so Tony, you're but I have. Tony, <laughs> but you're rapidly catching up. Um, Tony invited Steve and I to update. It's five or six years since we did Brand Anarchy and Brand Bundles. He invited us to update uh, the story for his book on reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a chapter. In fact, the final chapter from from Steve and I. Uh, at the end of the book um, about how organisations need to become part of their own digital communities and become purpose-led. Thank you very much. It's uh, heavily influenced by your work, clearly. (laughs) Tell me about Michelle Obama's book. You wrote a brilliant blog about that. Um, Yeah, sure. I just, do you know what? I don't get the chance to read as much as I'd like. And um, I got this at Christmas and um, I just really enjoyed it from first page to the back page. Um, really quite moving. Uh, the story of uh, Michelle's childhood going through to how she managed to w- get accepted at Princeton. Um, the fact that um, she was actually in charge of um, Barack Obama when they first met. It's, it's just a really lovely story about how they got together and then the struggles as a family and then his overarching commitment to politics and uh, her occasional resentment of it and actually yeah. the the impact it had on their family life. And it's just, and, and, and actually that as they decided to go finally, to, that he was gonna run for president, that the realization that, especially with two small kids that they'd, they'd struggled to have, that, that she was gonna have to take a step back from her career because somebody has to sacrifice at some point. I mean, we've talked a lot in, in terms of how we balance things in terms of, you know, when one of us has got a bigger project, the other one steps back as support. And I think that that is really important. And it's a very clear message within this book. But what's lovely about it is about how she uses family and routine to stay grounded. And that's something that certainly last year, which was my busiest year by far I mean I've always talked about being busy last year blew me away I mean I don't know why I decided to do a few two future-proof books as, as well as do the CIPR presidency all voluntary uh, on top of a, a trustee role and and my agency but it was worth it but I I kind of you kind of really identify especially as a working parent with the challenges that she had and you just can't imagine that on a much much bigger scale is it well written it's a beautifully well-penned yeah. book, and it's very authentic. And uh, one of the things that do I do... Do you think she wrote it herself? Yeah, I, I do, yeah. actually, yeah. She, she, she's oh, clearly a very smart woman. She's always been a good orator. She talks about, you know, the detractors that she struggled with, and I found that really useful as well in yeah. terms of how she, you know, how sometimes you've just got to recognise that they're always going to be there and there's some things you can mitigate and some things you can't, but actually you have to define yourself, otherwise well, people will do that for yeah. you and it'll be, and it'll be wrong. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll deliberately mystifying you, and I, I certainly, I certainly learned that in terms of using the power of your voice, and and, and um, you know, thanks, thanks to you, I'm much better at blogging. But it's it's just a great book, and my thing is, I would encourage everybody to read it. Doesn't matter whether I know a lot of women 
um, professional, female professionals responded to my blog and said, oh, I'm reading this, I'm reading this. I would love to see more males reading it because actually there's a lot of lessons for everybody. And actually in terms of what you should see from CEO, you know, we talk about bullshit words, CEO, activism, but this is a beautiful piece of it. You know, if you had a CEO who articulated themselves like that, it's honest. It's, um, you know, it's a lot of self-awareness in there. She knows when she's, you know, she perhaps not behaved in the right way or, you know, she's, and she's very, she's just very transparent and um, it's quite disarming and you feel, I certainly went away from the book with a massive fondness for a family that I don't know and actually at times quite emotional when you read it, it's, it's, it's just a really nice book. Right, i someone that, uh, you know, who you think would appreciate it and yes, do read it, I'll read you it. enjoy it too. Okay, I'll read it. Um, the pa another book we've both read, The Power of Purpose, John O'Brien, one of my former colleagues at Omnicom. And Andrew uh, Kay. Andrew Kay, the FT, well, is he an FT journalist still? Former FT journalist. Actually, there's a great piece in the weekend FT about purpose and profit. Yeah, which is exactly the theme that we took at, well, so what I debated on at the, at the House of Commons uh, in terms of, you know, we've got to start pe putting people ahead of profit. Mm. Uh, Organisations need to do that, and actually that's the way to drive long-term sustainable growth. And, uh, and certainly there's a camera in from society to see that now. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was one of the books I read as, as part of my prep for that as the National Conference, one of many, but uh, it's great. And I'd certainly use, again, a number of different comments from that, uh, obviously attributed uh, in different bits of writing and presentations that I've done. Yeah, so uh, look that up. Um, purpose is rising up the corporate agenda. Um, as a means of differentiation, as a means of motivation, as a means of engaging internal audiences. Um, so, yeah, definitely recommend that. Um, uh, and both uh, Andrew and John are very active on Twitter, uh, and, and good, good to talk to. Another person who's at, very active on Twitter uh, is is Danny Watmo. Uh, Danny, former colleague of mine, um, at catch him. He's now now got a, a global digital role at uh, Weber Shamwick. Um, and he's published uh, another of, of, of these PRCA practice guides. You, you mentioned Tony Langham. The mm -hmm. PRCA is uh, half a dozen of these books yeah. coming out over the course of the next couple of months. It's its 50th anniversary this year. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Happy PRCA. anniversary, PRCA. But and one of the things it's done is, is uh, a deal with, I think it's Routledge, uh, and produced this, this um, series of books. Uh, Danny writes the one on digital PR. Um, sorry, it's Emerald uh, Publishing, not Ralph Routledge, uh, is the publisher. Uh, Danny produces the one on digital PR, and I like this um, because it's uh, a good introduction to the impact of digital and all aspects of social in public relations over the last 10 years. It's a really um, solid read, isn't it? Very solid read. In terms of you're going to get everything you need yeah. to know in there. It's not a handbook. It's not going to tell you how to, but if you're managing a team of people uh, and need to be able to be, you know, understand um, platforms of, of, you know, reputation, if you need to understand Wikipedia, if you need to understand how to do Twitter or, you know, the implications of paid, uh, media, um, then you know, very good book to, to read. And, and like, I mean, this series they're, they're quite short books 100, 170, 200 pages each. Um, you know, they're very snackable, um, uh, and just a, a good way to access a, a, and get signposts to, to other areas to, to explore. More and I'm deeply. sure you can get CPD books for reading them too. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Uh, any other books we've read? 
apart from yours, you haven't now. published any others this month. No. <laughs> Not yet. Platinum went down well. That was a good. Uh, mm. So the 70th anniversary of the CIPR, the crowdsourced book um, produced for that, that went down really, really well. Uh, in fact, I've got the first royalty check um, through to, to forward on to uh, iProvision. Uh, it's a nice touch. Yeah, that's lovely. So that's the, the charitable organisation associated with uh, the CIPR, which is there to help pa practitioners um, who are members old and new um, who may be in need. Yeah. And it's so very important because you just don't know whether you're going to get caught out with illness or, you know, partner's going to get ill or, you know, you lose your job. Sometimes you just need that little bit of extra We could help. all become Daniel Blake. Well, yeah, there's film, that as well. Film was yeah. on telly last night. Absolutely. Uh, but that's there as a little bit of a stopgap to help yeah. people. So it's important. Let's wrap this up. We'll be going, we said we'd do 20 minutes. We're you in, can talk forever. We're in half an hour. I can talk forever. I think you'll find if we do a content analysis of this podcast, I think we'll... Find it's fairly heavy, heavily weighted towards you. Have you any tips we can leave our listeners oh, with? Oh, don't start with the tips thing. You didn't give me uh, any. You didn't give me brief. Okay, tip. Tesco's has got flying saucers in a big plastic jar for five pounds. My favourite sweet. Go get them. Really? Yes, my tip. Is that the you best you can do? You, you didn't give me any prep. Have you That's got anything fair. related to? Um, I think I, actually, I think you should talk about the, the uh, my favourite application of AI. Um, that I discovered in, in 2018, implemented by Thread. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that, I thought you were going to talk about the lights. Alexa, lights on. <laughs> Alexa, lights off. And I, now you're even ordering your food through Alexa. It's, tr it's tremendously awful. Um, <laughs> so tremendously middle class. <laughs> <laughs> we did discover, uh, we did discover over... Uh, I'm doing an overhaul of Stephen, so um, I found Thread and we put his like all his details in, in terms of his height and his waist, quite a large waist, and his neck and all that jazz. And uh, now it uh, serves him different clothes, which you know literally orders about two pairs of shoes a month and untold numbers of tops and uh, jackets and, and trousers. Shoes aren't just for women. <laughs> Nobody said they were. Turns out they're for men too. Um, so Alexa, we like we we uh, has our relationship with Alexa. No, I hate her. You hate her still. Still hate her. Yeah. Still. Still. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> You've upset Alexa. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm quite liking exploring the home automation stuff. And yes, we've got lights that now switch on uh, and and off. Uh, uh, you just like bossing people around. I, That's what it comes no, down to. No, no. Robotically, yes, maybe. <laughs> uh, so smart plugs. Yes. Smart plugs, electric control plugs um, are, are definitely a, a, an excellent. Okay. Well, I think that's a great tip to end the show on, don't you? No, I wanted to add one more thing. What's that? Brilliant piece. Um, how often have you, well, you wouldn't do this yourself. Uh, you'd have someone to do this, I'm sure. But how often have you tried to cut out uh, an image of somebody from a, and put it on another background? So you've got a photo of the CEO on a, on a grey background what to throw darts at I'll just yeah. use a magazine <laughs> or a photo <laughs> but this the I can trimming. I'm not very good at these things now yeah photoshop trimming is a nightmare right. and it takes hours of, of a designer's time to patiently go around an object and cut it out and place it somewhere else I discovered a tool called remove.bg that will do it like that and it's a terrifying example if you want to show somebody an example of where technology and robots uh, are going to potentially replace human labor there's a job that you know but not just that I mean that makes it even easier than ever to do fake photos yeah I mean that's 
there's, yeah. a, there's an ethical implication there. Okay, as well. so maybe maybe I'll get a, a photo of you and come paste it on something totally inappropriate. Yeah. Is that it? Are we going to do this again in a month? Yeah, we are. Oh wait, is that? Absolutely. But I'm going to put the agenda together this time. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Where do people Thanks find Where do people find you on the internet? At Hallmeister. And if you want to find me, I'm at Wobs. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Future Proof Podcast with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at Hallmeister. That's H A L M E I S T E R and Stephen at Wads W A D S. For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk Until next time, see you on the internet.